Hi, I'm Wendy Zuckerman, and you're listening to Science Versus from Gimlet. Today on the show, we're pitting facts against the family jewels as we tackle blue balls. Are they real? For the uninitiated, blue balls is this idea that people can get an awful pain in their testicles if they get aroused but don't ejaculate. But for many years, there's been this question surrounding the idea of blue balls. Like, is this a real medical condition or perhaps something that men make up to pressure women to have sex with them? Which happens more often than you might think. A few years ago, we surveyed you, our listeners, about blue balls. More than 2,000 people responded and 40% of those with vaginas said that they had been pressured to do something sexual because of their partner's so-called fear of blue balls. 40% had felt this pressure. One listener said that she'd been called a tease. Others said they were made to feel really guilty about not making their partners ejaculate. In this survey, we also uncovered a whole lot of other mysteries about blue balls. And then we joined forces with researchers at Queen's University in Canada to publish the results in a peer-reviewed journal, Sexual Medicine. And that paper, it's just come out. So with that nut cracked, a first scientific paper for Science Versus, we thought it was the perfect time to revisit the episode that we made on blue balls, which started, I have to be honest with you, as a bit of a joke. But then it turned into this huge medical mystery and a scientific paper. So let's dive in to find out what is up with blue balls. And joining me today is Sarah Marshall. She's the host of the podcast You're Wrong About. Hey, Sarah. Hi, Wendy. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, we are so, so happy to have you. Sarah told us that as a kid, a lot of her ideas about sex came from magazines like Cosmo. By the time I was in high school, I it was like I knew 1,500 ways to give a blowjob and I hadn't figured out, you know, how to advocate for my own desire yet. It's so true. <laughs> they were all about blowjobs. They really were. Well, not all. As Sarah remembers it, some of the articles were also about blue balls. And thinking back, she figured that it seemed legit. I have to say I find balls themselves like very mysterious and interesting. And so I feel like it has seemed real enough to me. After all, it feels like if you're getting hot and heavy, things might get a little blocked up, so to speak. To not put too fine a point on it, you have all this extra spunk that's causing you pain, I guess. But on the other hand, there's all these people saying, nope, this doesn't exist. In fact, even Cosmo recently ran an article called, quote, Blue Balls Aren't Real, You're Welcome. So today on the show, is blue balls an actual medical thing or just something that dicky guys use to pressure people to have sex with them? And if it is real, is it just for balls? Or do people with vaginas have something similar? When it comes to blue balls, there's a lot of... It has seemed real enough to me. But then there's science. Uh, uh. Uh. <laughs> science versus blue balls is coming up just after the break. 
This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsor job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash science. Just go to Indeed.com slash science right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Welcome back. Today we are diving into the topic of blue balls. Do they exist or not? And we're here with Sarah Marshall, host of You're Wrong About. Hey, Sarah. Hi, Wendy. Um, all right. So we are going to put blue balls to the ultimate testes. <laughs> Thank you. And I want to start with the teenage exploits of Sam Piersdorf. Sam is now a full-grown adult, but I want you to meet Sam in the 90s. He's 16, living in Riverside, California, and he is horny. The only problem... From my mother's point of view, the idea of kissing girls like dialing Satan with your tongue, right? Like you are just calling. <laughs> You're going straight to hell. <laughs> so Sam uh, and his mum are Muslim and sex before marriage was a no-go. So instead, Sam did what he could. I was quite the dry humper, I have to say. Just a lot of gene-on-gene friction. Like, you could almost start a fire, <laughs> you know, with, with all of the dry humping. And, uh, <laughs> and that felt pretty good for a 16-year-old boy. So all's going well with the dry humping. But then Sam met Liz. Oh, Liz. Liz was... Um, my very first very serious girlfriend, I was 16. She was 16 and a half. She drove, you know, her own car. She wore this sexy miniskirt. And then one night, Liz and her miniskirt drove Sam to a special place that I like to call Hookup Hill. The moon was full. The stars were aligned. It was the perfect night. <laughs> we park and then... We just start, you know, I, she leans in, I lean in, we're just kissing, we're making out, we're rubbing each other. There was some unbuckling, uh, there was some, some touching. Oh. So Sam is so up for going all the way. This is the closest he's ever gotten. But then his head starts thinking about his mum and his god. Oh, boy. It's a lot like those scenes in movies where the devil pops up on one shoulder. He's like, get it, get it, get it, get it. And then the angels are like, dude, that's not okay. You should not be doing this. The angels prevented me from following through. But then the next day, it felt like hell. (laughs) I woke up in my uh, Star Wars queen-size bed. I just feel like I ate something. There's a pain in my lower abdomen, but... You know, as I continued throughout the day, that pain got lower and lower. By the afternoon, it was even worse. It felt like 
an anvil being attached to my scrotum by like safety pins. There was a stinging and a heaviness and a weight. It is a giant kick in the balls. Was it so painful you would have gone to the hospital? Like how painful? You know, it was that painful, but I would never have gone to the hospital because it was my balls and I would have been too shy for that. So little 16-year-old Sam has no idea what's going on. Yeah. He asks his mum and she gives him some hot tea and tummy medicine. <laughs> that doesn't help. But then he thinks maybe his dad, maybe he has the answer. So I call my dad. I'm like, hey, dad, you know, my, you know, my testicles really hurt, man, you know. And he's the one who brought up, uh, hey, son, uh, I got to ask you a question. It's like, yeah? It's like, did you and your girlfriend get hot and heavy? I was like, I did not know how he knew that, right? I really felt like, holy crap, these gods and angels are communicating with my father. And I said, well, yeah, actually. And I felt guilt. <laughs> I said, I, we did. And he said, did you go all the way? And I was surprised by that. And I said, of course not. No. And he said, well, there's your problem. There's your problem. And he said, if you... Have you ever shaken a soda bottle? I was like, yeah. He's like, well, that's your dick. Your dick is that soda bottle. You done <laughs> shook it up and you didn't pop the top, you know. <laughs> and he's like, you got to take care of that, son. Yes. So he's telling me, like, go jack off, you know. So once you took care of mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what happened to the pain? Oh, immediate release. Immediate release. Interesting. Just... I mean, it really is like twisting the top of, you know, popping the cork on a champagne bottle. Just, ah. Oh. And pain gone. Pain gone. Pain gone. I have no idea where the science is going to come out, but like, I, I believe in this story. <laughs> right. And you know, it's not just Sam. So when I looked up the medical literature on blue balls, I found a similar case report, which was published hmm. in the year 2000 in the esteemed journal of pediatrics, which is the official hmm. journal of the American Academy of Pediatrics. Oh. And in it, there's this description of a 14 year old boy who goes to the hospital because the pain around his balls was so bad. And ultimately, the doctor who treats him is like, what do you know, kid? You've got blue balls. So these stories are very gripping, but they're super anecdotal, right? Right. Both the case report and Sam's description. So for me, I was still curious, like, how common is this? Could it really be real? I, I still didn't know whether blue balls was a thing. And one way that scientists try to work this kind of thing out is by thinking through the mechanism. Like that is what is actually happening in the balls of someone to make them hurt. Mm. Do you have any ideas? You, you mentioned spunk. Yeah. I, my only guess is that, is that your body gets ready and it's like creates a load to use in a minute. And then it's like, wait, wait, no, stand down. Yeah, yeah. No, no that, I mean, Sam said that is exactly what it felt like to him. Mm. So this is what he said about why this might have happened. To me, it felt like a massive load of semen just hanging out like a water balloon in your sack. Yeah, you don't want that. <laughs> so could it be 
could this is our next question. Could this be from a buildup of sperm? And to get to the bottom of this question, we need a scientist. We need this guy. My name is Dr. Jamin Brombods. I'm a urologist and sexual wellness expert at Orlando Health right here in sunny Florida. And Jamin is literally the perfect person to answer our blue balls questions because he sees hundreds of patients that have balls that hurt every year. If you go to myballshurt.com, it goes to our website. (laughs) Does it really? Yeah, it does. Yeah. So the kinds of patients he sees, I didn't know about all the things that could go wrong with testicles, but um, the kind of things he sees is, is this thing called testicular torsion. Have you heard of this? Hmm. Okay, so this is where your balls twist around a little and this can cut off the blood supply going to one of your balls. It can be incredibly painful and if you don't see someone, you can actually end up losing your ball. They just, you know, they seem really stressful to walk around with. External genitalia just seems like a bad idea to me. I mean, I get it for the temperature and blah, 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 but yeah. (laughs) So this testicular torsion, I told you about it uh, just so now you know, Mm -hmm. um, it has nothing to do with blue balls. This is just the kind of stuff that Jamin sees. It's occupational hazards. Exactly, exactly. So I talked to Jamin about this sperm build-up blue balls theory, um, and and he was like, okay, there's this idea that sperm gets made in the testicles really, really quickly, but that's not true. Oh, interesting. Okay. So a few studies have estimated that it actually takes around two to two and a half months. Whoa. Right? To go from a baby sperm cell to the (gasps) tadpole-like sperm that you know and love. Whoa. So yes, it sounds like in theory that it's freshly made and it's stored there and then it comes out. But really what's being sent out may be like months old. So I asked Jamin. Oh, so this idea that like as you're dry humping or making out is this feeling of it's all churning, it's happening, sperm's being created, and now it's ready to come out. No, it's not. Ah, no. Blue balls. No, it's. It, this is not like, this is not like Amazon Prime, you know, delivery. <laughs> no, it's. <laughs> and when Jamin thinks about his patients who really should have sperm building up, like guys who have trouble getting erections or ejaculating, but mm. their testicles are still making sperm, he says that often they don't have testicular pain and that the sperm and other seminal fluids don't seem to build up. Like, instead, their body finds other ways to deal with it. Hmm. So, for example, in his patients, Jamin says that sometimes semen will kind of dribble out in their pee. Yep, absolutely. Yep, they may see little white chunks or cruds uh, come out in their in their urine. Oh, but also a lot of young guys also get wet dreams, so that's when they may empty their pipes. Okay, so so blue balls has nothing to do with the sperm building up. Blue balls doesn't really have anything to do with sperm building up. No. Okay, so that's debunk number one. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think we can be certain that this sperm buildup idea yeah. is kind of bogus because, you know, it takes a long time to make sperm and then your body stores it. Because it's like, it's not like a bakery, it's like an Etsy store. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I love science. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> okay, so 
I went searching for another explanation as to what on earth could cause Sam's pain and I guess anyone else who feels like they've experienced blue balls. Like what else could be flowing down there? Is anything coming to your mind? Well, I mean, there's blood, of course, and then... You can stop right there. All right. (laughs) Blood. (laughs) So when guys get aroused, when anyone with testicles get aroused, um, the blood rushes to the genitals, and and that's what makes penises go erect, uh, that they're getting filled with blood. Mm -hmm. Um, And Professor Carolyn Pakal, who's at Queen's University in Ontario, Canada, told me that if the blood sticks around, then it, it can get uncomfortable. So there's a huge pooling of blood in these areas, just then squishing on everything in there. I mean, if you take a look at internal anatomy of the male reproductive system, there, there are muscles and tubes and coils and all sorts of things and everything because of that, because of the blood pressure, because all the blood is being held in that area, everything just kind of gets kind of squished upon. Okay, so when you ejaculate, the body is like, all right, I don't need all this blood in my penis anymore, and the blood drains out so the penis gets all limp and wiggly again. But if you don't ejaculate under this theory, the blood might still leave the penis but then stay in the testicles. And from what we know about basic anatomy, the penis and the testicles have different nerve and blood supplies. So it's totally possible that the penis would go limp but blood would pull around the testicles. And as for why this might end up being painful, well, Carolyn says, think about it like a stuffy nose. Probably not like the sexiest analogy out there, but you have, you know, you have mucus building up in your nose, right? And unless you blow your nose, have an orgasm, right? Like it's going to build up, build up, build up. And then you might get that head pain and sort of the face pain, right? Yeah. And the Curious thing is, if you go online, you'll see this fancy medical term for blue balls, which is epididymal hypertension, suggesting that the blood is building in the blood vessels around this particular thing called the epididymis. And the epididymis, it kind of sits on top of the testicles. It's where sperm hangs out in. And it's like a wormy suitcase that stores sperm. So all over the internet, you see this legit-sounding medical term for blue balls, epididymal hypertension, suggesting that that is kind of ground zero for the blood building up and causing pain around the balls. Mm. But here is what's weird. There's pretty much no record of this term, epididymal hypertension, in textbooks or medical journals. Mm. So the World Health Organization has this like giant list of diseases. It's called the International Classification of Diseases or the ICD. And it even has a chapter on conditions related to sexual health. But no epididymal hypertension. There's also no blue balls in there either. Hmm. From what I could gather, it just seems like this is something that some urologists called it and then it stuck. One urologist told us, quote, epididymal hypertension is entirely unproven, end quote. I'm so intrigued. And this takes us to this kind of wild thing about blue balls. Crazy. It's, there's nothing, it's unprecedented. There's nothing like it in medicine. After the break, the case of blue balls is about to go balls up.
This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsor job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash science. Just go to Indeed.com slash science right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome back. Today on the show, blue balls, are they real? So far, we've had some very compelling stories of people who have suffered from what looks like blue balls. And we have a scientific reason for why they would exist. Blood pooling around your balls, causing pressure and pain. Yeah. Sarah Marshall from You're Wrong About joins us as we now dive deeper and deeper into the mysteries of blue balls. Because there is something really odd when it comes to the science here. Okay. And it's driving me nuts. (laughs) Okay. So to tell you more about it, I want to go back to that case report that I told you about that was published in the year 2000. Do you remember this one? It's like published in Pediatrics, Fancy Journal. Mm -hmm. This is where the doctor saw the 14-year-old boy. The doctor's name is Jonathan Shallot at Marybridge Children's Hospital in Tacoma, Washington. And he told me that when he saw that kid, he could not believe it. It was like, oh, my God. This is blue balls. This is blue balls. Okay, so since that paper was published more than 20 years ago, and to give you a sense of that, it's when Kryptonite by Three Doors Down was on the radio. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, since that time, there has been no research into blue balls. And I talked to Jonathan about this. Do you know that you are the one paper on blue balls? Like the only? The only paper. The only paper. And you wrote it 20 years ago? Right. This is crazy to me. Crazy. It's, there's nothing, it's unprecedented. There's nothing like it in medicine. I am it. I like, there's no other subject where you can say, many people have written about high blood pressure. Many people have written about whatever. I am it. You are Dr. Blue Balls. (laughs) Yeah, I am the blue balls guy. Dr. Blue Balls. <laughs> How can nothing be written about blue balls? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this rang some huge alarm bells in my head because men's health problems tend to get a lot of attention compared to women's. Right. Right? So, like, it's not often you would see a problem with men and penises that isn't getting some medical love and you know literally a study came out looking at funding from the national institutes of health and it found that in nearly three quarters of the cases where a disease affected mostly one gender the disease affecting men got more money Mm -hmm. so either women's diseases were underfunded or the disease that affects men were overfunded what what is this making you think about 
in the world of blue balls. This lack of attention does seem curious because it's like even with generally neglected issues of women's health, there's more research and more more papers. Exactly, exactly. Like there's more papers on the G spot yeah. which doesn't exist. So how <laughs> in the words of Jonathan, how can nothing be written about blue balls? Yeah. Um, and then so I started thinking like maybe this is just really, really rare. Like it happened to guys like mm-hmm. Sam, it happened mm-hmm. in the case report. And then it becomes like a legend that's like be you know, be careful or else the blue balls exactly. will get you. Exactly. And it, then it becomes this useful tool for some men to use to get sex and then it just kind of blows up or something. Um, so I started asking around to how many doctors have seen blue balls. Um, Jonathan said that since that case 20 years ago, he'd seen like a handful of other cases. Jamin, who, you know, Jamin, my, my balls hurt.com Brambard, Here's what he said when I asked him. I hate to be boring here, but I've never sent someone home with a diagnosis of blue balls. Carolyn had heard of people having it, but then like cases like Sam's that were so extreme. Yes, that is like the one of the most extreme cases I've ever heard of. And so with the research cupboard so bare naked, we did our own informal survey, uh, which is now... Literally the biggest survey on blue balls that I could find. Nice sciencing. Thank you. Here is what we discovered. Oh, my God. Almost 1,500 people with penises responded, and we asked Mm -hmm. them, when you've approached orgasm but didn't ejaculate, have your testicles or the area around them ever hurt or felt achy? Over half, 56%, said yes. Mm. But... Then when we asked them how painful was it, hmm. only 7% said that it was severe, like a sharp or stabbing pain. Mm-hmm. And then zooming out to all of the people with penises who've experienced this, most of them said that the pain didn't happen every time. It was actually mostly rare or even very rare. Right. So some academics told us that one reason why there's probably no research here is because it's not that painful very often. This is a rare phenomenon. Another reason is because the treatment here is actually pretty simple. Like, for one, you could just wait it out and the pain will probably go away on its own. Hmm. Right. And there is another sort of very obvious thing you could do. You could have a wank. (laughs) And when you think about it, Jonathan was like, this is also kind of cool. What? other medical condition where the treatment is 100% safe, 100% effective, and pleasurable. Wow. Wow. Right? There's nothing else in medicine that you can say that to. You take aspirin, it has side effects. I mean, everything has some side effects. So literally, you're sending these patients home with a script for masturbation. As a possibility. (laughs) All right. So if if the pain really is coming from blood pulling around the genitals, mm-hmm. then obviously scratching Yoda behind the ears would help because <laughs> it would send the body a signal like blood, you can leave the genitals, it's okay mm-hmm. now. I'm already seeing this false equivalence where it's like, baby, 
I have to have sex or I'll get blue balls. So like, I have to have sex with you. And it's like, we're making a lot of assumptions here. Like, and it's like, okay, go nurse Mary five fingers. Is that the ready? You know? (laughs) Yes. Speaking of side effectless prescriptions, I feel like it's this kind of whisper network thing that I have, you know, with other people occasionally about the fact that like, if you have periods, like masturbating can be a way of lessening or getting rid of period cramps. And like, I almost feel like if, if we were living in like in a society where I was trained to, to behave as, uh, in a similar attitude of entitlement, I'd be like, oh man, I'm on my period. So you have to pleasure me right now. Do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's your responsibility. <laughs> I, I would never, I have never had that thought. Right. That is exactly what we're talking. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So here's where we are at, um, with blue balls. It seems like quite a lot of dudes and people with testicles do get some kind of achy pain when they don't ejaculate, but it is rare for it to be super painful. Yeah. And if it happens, the best that I can tell is that it's from blood pulling into the genitals and then stretching and squashing the balls and the stuff around it, which did leave me with this big vagina-shaped question. Can people with vaginas get blue balls? And so I asked a bunch of doctors and researchers about this. When you think of the sort of physiological processes that happen with arousal, would this be any different if you had a vagina or a penis? Technically, no. Not that I can imagine. That sensation of that heaviness and sort of that aching is still going to be there. Because the anatomy is pretty much the same. The wiring is surprisingly similar. Your clitoris enlarges, blood flow increases to the pelvic area. And I've talked to women that have had it, there's no doubt. This is like Fight Club. I'm like, oh my God, you're telling me that I've had blue balls this entire time? <laughs> Tell me. So, I mean, have you had blue? What do oh, you think of sure. this? Yeah, like I don't, I don't feel it as like sharp pain, but like I, as someone who has a vagina, like during periods when I'm like very aroused and can't do anything about it, I do feel discomfort and this, you know, just a kind of ache. And it becomes this kind of feeling of heavy pressure. It's like, oh boy, a storm is coming. <laughs> but you do feel it. Okay, so, so in our survey, over 40% of the people with vaginas said that they too felt something like blue balls. 40%. So one person wrote to us saying they felt sharp mm. pains. Another described it as throbbing or a deep, achy feeling. Mm-hmm. Now, cu- curiously, very few people said that it was like a severe pain. It was yeah. only 1%. But still, like, for that many people to feel something like it. I mean, one person even said, I thought I was the only one. I can't wait to hear how many others feel this. I mean, I didn't. I, it's funny. I've never had a conversation about this before. Like, this is an exciting day for me. 
this is great because, and you know, we don't know a lot about this uh, and something could be going on with the testicles and the epididymis. But given mm-hmm. in our survey, a lot of people with vaginas mm-hmm. have experienced something like blue balls and a bunch of scientists are telling us that it's due to blood flow in the genital area, which is exactly the same thing that happens to vaginas, then it totally makes sense that this would happen. And so I asked Professor Carolyn Pakal, like, why all the focus on the balls? Why is this the first time that you and I are talking about it and thinking about it? And the answer, you might have guessed, rhymes with the catriarchy. <laughs> but Carolyn put it like this. I think it's because of the sort of primacy of the penis. Primacy of the Love penis. <laughs> you know, so what she's saying is that, you know, the story a lot of us have about sex is how important it is for men to ejaculate. Sexual activity will end When the penis is done, when there's ejaculation, that is considered by many to be the end. And there's probably a lot of befuddlement as to the sexual activity not ending unless there is that orgasm associated with that penis. So people were probably like, this is not normal. You should be having an orgasm. Like you shouldn't still feel sexually aroused. Like it is, it is the, you know, the the penis's job to be done with sexual activity and to end it. Like, and nobody's talking about the vulva and vagina involved in this sexual activity. Is it done? Is it done yet? We don't know because it has no chapter in the book. Right. This is based on this construct that like teen boys are sex monsters and teen girls are like the objects the sex monsters happen to. And it's like, I was a sex monster too, okay? And we still are sex monsters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> You know, we need to change the name. Yeah. Jonathan and I started thinking of some other names. You don't want it to be pelvic congestion after sustained sexual arousal syndrome. No, no. It has to be like, it has to be like, you know, puffy pelvis or something. Right. Puffy pelvis. Pink puffy pelvis. Puffy pelvis could be for everyone, right? Because it's not just the balls that hurt. Right. Right. Pink puffy pelvis. What do you think? (laughs) What do you think? I like that. PPP, yeah. PPP, right? <laughs> like, how you feeling? Ah, last night was nice, but a little bit of PPP. I, you know, I guess I got some PPP. It's no big deal, but, like, I'm a little bit off my game today. Yeah. All right. Blue Balls is out. For now, the pink puffy pelvis. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sarah. It's been so lovely having you on the show. Thank you so much. I had no idea this would be so useful and relevant to my life. I'm so happy. (laughs) That's Science Versus. Hello? Hey, Katie Foster Keys. Hey, Wendy Zuckerman. How is your week of blue balls? Well, safe to say I've been knee-deep in balls, but (laughs) it's been great. (laughs) And um, how many citations on this week's episode? On this week's episode, there are 51 citations. 51. And given that there is so little research of blue balls, most of those citations are like basic anatomy things. Yeah. kind of sad but honestly we're pioneering research isn't that exciting that is exciting that is exciting and if people want to see these citations where should they go 
They should hit up the transcript, which is in our show notes. And what did you think of Pink Puffy Pelvis? Pink Puffy Pelvis. I think that it's catchy. I like a little PPP. <laughs> Not actually, but <laughs> if we want to use something, better than blue balls. Better than blue balls. And if listeners have other ideas for what they think, this new name should be, um, they could tweet me at Wendy Zook or they could tweet Sarah Marshall at remember underscore Sarah. And if people want to know more about the survey results, where should they go? Well, they can go to our Instagram, which is science underscore BS. Thanks, Katie. Thanks. The article on blue balls that we published with Queen's University is out now. It's called Blue Balls and Sexual Coercion, a survey study of genitopelvic pain after sexual arousal without orgasm and its implications for sexual advances. You can find it in the journal Sexual Medicine and it's free to read. So if you are a nerd who's into that, check it out. We're going to link to it in our show notes. A huge thanks to the team at Queen's University for all of your amazing work on that, including Sam LeVang, Megan Henkelman, and Carolyn Pakal. And the pink in pink puffy pelvis was meant to be a play on blue balls, like pink puffy pelvis, blue balls. But as our listeners told us when this episode first came out, not everyone's bits are pink or blue. So we need a totally new name for this. Our editor, Blythe Jarrell, suggested achy breaky parts. One of our listeners suggested penultimate arousal syndrome, as in pass. What have you got for us? Let us know. Also, we know that not everyone has a penis or a vagina. There's a rainbow of genitals out there, and our survey didn't capture that. It's something we're going to keep in mind for next time. And one final thing, after this season, we're going to re-air some of your favorite episodes, which means we need to find out what your favorite episodes are. So we made a survey. You know the power of our sides versus surveys now. We could get them published in peer-reviewed journals. Doubt this one's going anywhere, but we really do want you to vote. You can find the survey in the show notes, also on my Twitter, which is at Wendy Zook, or our Instagram, which is science underscore VS. So please weigh in. We need you to tell us what your favorite episodes of Science Versus have been. Plus, I just started a TikTok account. Yes, come find me. I'm at Wendy Zuckerman. That's Z-U-K-E-R-M-A-N. Sam Piersdorf has his own podcast. It's called Burn and Rave. And Sarah Marshall's podcast is called You're Wrong About. It's super fun. Go check it out. This episode was produced by me, Wendy Zuckerman, with help from McKetty Foster-Keys, Meryl Horn, Nick Del Rose, Michelle Dang, and Rose Rimler. We're edited by Blythe Terrell. Gimlet's managing director is Nicole Beamsteyer-Ball. Fact-checking by Eva Dasher. Updated episode was fact-checked by Erica Akiko-Howard. Mixed and sound design by Bumi Hidaka. This updated version was mixed by Catherine Anderson. Music written by Peter Leonard, Emma Munger, Bobby Lord, and Bumi Hidaka. A huge thanks to all the experts we got in touch with for this episode, including Dr. Gordon Muir, Dr. Michael Leapman, Dr. Karan Rajarajan, Dr. Randall Rockney, Dr. Nan Wise, and Dr. Kevin Gandhi. A big, big thanks to Joel Werner, Ari Natovich, Eric Menel, Aya Oti, Andrea Scott, Jack Weinstein, the Zuckerman family, and Joseph Lavelle Wilson. Science Versus is a Spotify original podcast and Gimlet production for less Science Versus on Spotify. And if you want to receive notifications every time we put out a new episode, just tap on that bell icon that you see. I'm Wendy Zuckerman. Back to you next time. 
I can promise you a, a, a cure for blue balls is coming. <laughs> and, and blue balls comes and it goes and it goes as it comes. It goes as it comes. That's right. It's a, it's poetry and truth. Yes. 